You are listening to Riverbend Church Podcast. To learn more about us and to connect, go to our website at riverbendchurch.life. Amen, amen, amen. So good to see you here this morning, church, uh, again in the theater today, uh, online with us this morning. Don't just sit there if you're online, let us know, throw some hands out, a hey, good morning, uh, something out there so that we know you're there. And if you're new there, like Pastor Ben said, let us know that. So we would love to pray for you. Uh, but if you're here for the first time, Maybe because somebody invited you, they said there's going to be a family series and it's something about an elephant and you're like, I don't usually go to church, but I got to like see what in the world this guy's talking about. Uh, I just want you to know like you're in the right spot. We, we prayed for you. Uh, if you're new here today and, and we have, uh, we've actually just anticipated the fact that you would uh, give God a shot this morning at Riverbend. And so I pray you've already been blessed, uh, but I would love to meet you today. So stop by in the lobby on the way out. My wife, Courtney, and I will be there. We would love to meet you before you go. Uh, and so my hope is that today somewhere in this message that as we open God's word and as we invite his truth to speak, that the spirit of God will give you what you need today. Uh, that he'll give you a word. That's kind of how the Lord works when we gather corporately. He gives us what we need. And so this series, Elephant in My Family, I think everybody knows what it's like to have an elephant in the room, that lurking tension, you know, that everybody knows it's there and you see it, you can't miss it, you feel it. But sometimes we don't like to talk about it. We know it's there. We're just like, we're going to leave that elephant alone. We're going to just have a pet elephant uh, in our house. We're not going to deal with it right now. And so my understanding in studying scripture and, and being pastor, every family, I think, has elephants. Those lurking tensions and problems that we know are there, and maybe you're the one that doesn't realize they're there, but everybody else in your family does, and we're going, that's why we brought her today. That's why we brought him today. Uh, so you can tell them. And so here's what I will say, though. Often when we think it's somebody else's issue, guess what God's going to do? He's going to speak to you. He's going to tell you something you needed to hear. And so last week, here's what we did. We established two types of elephants, weight elephants that show up in our lives because of tensions. They'll never go away. They'll always be there. They'll always seem to rise back up. So tensions that we don't acknowledge and we don't deal with, they become elephants. And then we said there's sin elephants. That's where we refuse to let the spirit redeem things in our life and let God set us free. We go, oh, it's just how I am. It's just how I'm wired. You don't know the family I grew up in. And we excuse what God has said he wants to redeem. And so that sin elephant shows up in our life. And what happens is we can nurture that thing and we can hold on to it and keep it. And so what happens is we live with 14,000 pound tensions. That's how much average elephant weighs. 14,000 pound tensions in our lives. And we get callous to it. We get so used to it. And so my heart has been, God, we refuse to settle for less than your best for my life and for my family. And so let's just be the weird church that talks about the things that maybe some others don't want to talk about. Or maybe you can't talk about it at home, And so, but you're here today. And now if you leave, I'm going to know why. You know what I mean? Like if you leave during the service, I'm going to go, ooh, got you. Not really. But while I have you here... If it's hard to discuss at home, sometimes in the community of the Lord, there can be some healing that you can't quite find at your house. I've learned that over the years as God has brought healing to my family. So today's scripture comes from Ephesians 4, 17. And here's what we're gonna get specific about today. Just one elephant. And it's this elephant of unchecked emotions. Unchecked emotions. And here's what I think. Either you've had this elephant in your home or you left him at home this morning or you brought him in the car with you. 
And you're going to find out if you did that in just a little bit. This morning, or this elephant, even though everyone can't see it, is sitting right there between you and the people you love today. You may not know it, and you may not realize it, but probably one of the other people do. You realize that there's unchecked emotions that came into the church with you this morning. And so before we get to this unchecked emotions, we're going to unpack it. We're going to look at God's word. I want to take you back to last week. So how do we deal with it? If you realize today, I have unchecked emotions. I'm going to give you a little formula that I think if we'll open our hearts for the Lord, that it'll help us. And first you have to own it and just say, you know what? Through what God's showing me right now, I realize that I do have this. You may not understand it. You may not be able to trace it back, the history of it, how it got there. But just to say, you know what? I acknowledge this. I have this. How much family tension is there simply because somebody is too prideful and stubborn to deal with it? I told you last week, us stubborn people, all of you that raised your hand and said you're stubborn, we're the ones that like to lead our elephants in on a leash. I'm not letting this sucker go. I would have to lay down my pride to do that, and there's no way I'm doing that. So how many of us hold on to it? See, to own it is to take inventory and see if we've been overlooking something that's obvious. Man, I've gotten so used to it. But after we own it, then you actually put a name, had to put a name on it. What is the elephant? Now, we talked about weight and sin last week, but I believe... Sometimes you got to get so specific to go, you know what, that elephant that's been messing up my family and my past and my, my every relationship, it's been sabotaging it. Every, I think it traces back to unchecked emotions. And then once you finally name it and you're honest with yourself, maybe with your spouse or with your kid, you're honest before the Lord, that's kind of confession. Then you get to the place where you can free it. You know how you free it? You take the truth of God's word and you say, Lord, even though I don't feel it, I'm going to obey it. That's how you said any, any elephant that's been lurking in your home. God, I found out what you said about it, and I don't feel it, and it seems countercultural. In fact, to set elephants free sometimes, you have to do exactly opposite of everything you've been taught in your life. You have to break down, deconstruct, and reconstruct around God's word. And so here's what Jesus said about freedom. He said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you what? So... We're just going to take Jesus at his word. And so some of you, you're followers of Christ. Maybe you're watching online. You're a follower of Jesus. But you may just be leaning in and going, I know I need help, but I'm not quite there yet. Here's what I'm going to have to ask you, though, to lean in this far, to go, if there really is a truth and Jesus really is the truth, that's what he says about himself, then it would be this truth that could set us free. That's kind of where you got to lean in a little bit. There's nowhere that we need freedom more than in this Unchecked emotion. Actually, I have nine elephants. I'm only going to talk about three or four more. Uh, and so I have nine elephants that I found in my life. Yeah, me. And, uh, and so I don't know how many you have, but I had nine. And I was like, man, I can't preach about all of them. They'll think I'm crazy. So I'm going to tell you about four of them over the next few weeks. But this is one, man. This one has sabotaged my marriage at times, sabotaged my raising kids, sabotaged my workplace, sabotaged my friendships. It's just messed me up at times. And so I said, all right, Lord, I've already told him all my dumb stories and idiot stories. So I may as well go ahead and be honest about this too. There's nowhere that we need freedom more than in unchecked emotions. A statistic I read this week said that now, kind of post-pandemic, that 20% of Americans deal with anger issues as opposed to 12% before the pandemic. Like major anger issues. 
And so this past week, I experienced some of these. I don't know if this is a pre-pandemic anger issue or a post-pandemic issue, anger issue, but I was turning into the church parking lot out here and we had some stuff on the back of the truck, so I had to go real slow as we were turning. And I guess there was an anger issue behind me because he came flying around at about 70 miles an hour in the middle lane, and I'm pretty sure I got a finger on the way by. So if you're the owner of a black Mercedes and that was you, we're so glad you're here this morning because you're in the right spot. But I thought, man, somebody was mad that I had to turn in slow into the church parking lot uh, this morning. But you know what? This year, on a serious level, you know how, how anger has come out? It has come out through abuse, domestic violence. I mean, it's, it's really sad. If you're isolated from these statistics and from this reality, you just need to know it's going on in our community. I'm not talking about somebody else's neighborhood. I'm talking about statistically your neighborhood this stuff's going on in. And so when you look at what it also causes, not only did abuse and, and violence skyrocket, but depression, overdose, suicidal wrestlings, feelings of worthlessness have gone through the roof. And you know where they find their roots? Emotional unhealth, unchecked emotions. I wonder how many families are living with these tensions. And I know you smile and I know you don't want to bring everybody down so you don't talk about it. But I think at some point in time, we need to talk about it and let the Lord speak into it. I mean, we're a church, if you're new here, we're a church, we want to, if Jesus offers new life and abundant life and freedom, we want it. I don't believe it's just for the one day future when we finally die and go to heaven. I believe Jesus came to give new life now. It flows over into eternity and it's fully realized in eternity, but he didn't come just to help us suffer through the rest of our life. Even though there is suffering, he also wants to set us free. And so... How do we own the elephant of unchecked emotions? I'm gonna give you three questions. These were hard for me to walk through. And if they're easy for you, maybe you don't have the unchecked elephant in your life, unchecked elephant of emotions. But here's the first question. How do I own this elephant? Ask yourself the question, do people who know me best live in fear of setting me off? No elbows, I saw that. (laughs) Now here's the thing. If you're not aware enough to realize that people tiptoe around you, then the person that you came with or your friend, person who knows, they probably do know. They go, oh yeah, that's him. Well, you just pray for him right now. No no elbow nudging, no bumping and calling out. But people tiptoe around you not knowing when the timer's gonna go off, like where the timer is on the time bomb. They don't know what they're gonna get. But what they do know is there's a pretty good chance that an anger outburst is gonna turn into rage and just explode everywhere. But it's not just anger. Sometimes we tiptoe around people because fear takes over and we don't want to be the trigger for that. Disgust or depression and even shame take over. It can be all kind of emotions that are triggered and people tiptoe around because they know we don't want to set that off in them. We don't want to be that person. Here's the second question. Do I feel that my emotions are sins to avoid and or shut down? If so, you may have an unchecked elephant of emotion. And here's what I mean. I, some of you grew up like I did, and not, not necessarily my parents, but the people that were around me, influences on in my life. You don't cry when it hurts. That doesn't make sense, does it? It hurts. I broke my arm. Suck it up. I mean, you're like, come on, man. 
But we tell our young men, we tell them, just suck it up. Be a man. And you know what we imply? You're not a man. You need to be a man. You're not a man because you're feeling emotion and pain and you're letting it come out. Therefore, you need to be a man. That is not biblical truth. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You know what happens? We begin to think that we can't feel emotions because of what we were taught. We inherited that. Suck it up. Be a man. Don't feel. Don't let on like you got emotions in your life. Why? Jesus did. Godly men and women of God all through Scripture did and through history have. But do I feel that my emotions are sins to avoid? When I see it, you're like, oh, no, no, that's wrong. I can't feel that. Do you know what else it'll do? Not only will it cause you just to be like tough and grit through things sometimes that God don't want you to grit through, it'll also cause you to avoid healthy conflict. To be fearful of going into something and standing for something. The church has been struggling with this lately. How do we stand on truth that we know Jesus and we love at the same time? Well, what happens is we choose to love and back away from truth. And that can come sometimes because these feelings, we've, we've been taught that you just need to shut that down. When you got feelings, you just shut that down. You just think, well, that's not biblical. But this is almost always something we inherited from our home and upbringing. By the way, when, when you feel like, you know what, my emotions are something to shut down. Here's the third one. My, do my emotions always work their way to the center of attention? You may have an unchecked uh, emotion, uh, elephant of emotion. See, your joy can be contagious, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but your anger, fear, shame, disgust, all those things come to the center of every interaction. And here's the deal. This elephant was a struggle in the early church, and so if you feel the weight of one of these questions, you're going... He got me. He's been reading my emails. I think he was sitting at the house last night when, when we were talking. I really wasn't. I'm telling you part of my story and my journey. I've had to answer yes to all three of these at times in my life. And God is still trying to redeem unchecked emotions in my life. But here's the thing. As I looked, I found throughout the church history and in my culture around me, there are people, men and women of God, who are wrestling with these things. And so, it just feels good sometimes to know that other people are with us. We're not alone in it. And so our purpose in driving forth, force as a faith family is to lead people to know and love and live new life in Jesus Christ. We're unashamed about that. No love, live new life in Jesus. We know that this is a process, especially the new life. And so as the Apostle Paul stepped into the church at Ephesus, what we're going to read today, what he did is he was helping them in this understanding of new life. But what I'd overlooked for many years is he included unchecked emotions and how to deal with them in this. I've read this many times. I've taught this many times. But as I read through it, the Lord showed me, here's a mo it's not the only central theme of this text, but it's in there. And I want to point it out to you today because I believe there's somebody here and God's at least going to help you take a step toward going, you know what? It's time to free this thing. That's been haunting my life and plaguing my life long enough. It's time to take a step towards freedom. And so here's what Paul says to the church at Ephesus. He says this, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do. Now let me explain to you, he was talking to Gentiles. So another way to read this, read, live no longer as the other Gentiles. Those that are not in Christ yet, don't live like them. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. Now, what happens when you harden heart? This is a very biblical word and understanding of what it means to not have emotions. But here's what he says. Here's the first inkling that he's talking about emotions. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. 
And so you find this first hint of an elephant in the early church here, this lost their sense of shame. Now he's talking about people outside the church, but did you know that even people in Christ can become calloused over time? And you can get to that same place of going, I've lost my sense of shame, my ability to be embarrassed by my choices. And so what I wanna do is point out two broken emotional extremes. And here's the first one, I feel nothing. Back to that whole suck it up, man, don't cry. What happens is, uh, is we begin to get callous. We begin to not feel anymore. I've watched this as well. Sometimes through bitter grief and loss and pain, we call it quits on feelings as well. We just choose to exist because we've been hurt. And listen, I can't blame you. I know stories around sitting here this morning and probably you online, but I know some of the stories in this room. You guys have had every reason to quit on God. And, and no pa- pastors may be able to use a Bible verse to beat you back into church, but come on, man. Life has handed you, some of you guys, a, a story that's just pain and you've had a loss and tragedy and you've been through it. And I mean, you have to understand, I know you love Jesus, I know, but you, you give up and what happens is you start to shut down on feelings. When you start to shut down on feelings, what happens is you begin to miss the spirit of the Lord. So we medicate or we create a habit of coldness And that verse says they've lost their sense of shame. You know what that means? They've lost their ability to be embarrassed by their failures and their immorality. Get to the point where you're so cold that you can just live however you want to, even though you know it breaks the heart of God and you go, I don't feel anymore. Here's the beauty. Even if you get to that place, you know what? It's possible for the Lord to resensitize you. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. If you've been a Christian a long time, you remember when you used to feel pricked in the heart when you did something that hurt the heart of God? Over time, you can move away from that and your emotions can kind of get unchecked. And sometimes unchecked emotions are simply things that we've medicated or become hard-hearted to. And here's the beauty of Jesus. He can come in through the Holy Spirit and resensitize you and make you so aware. It's not a sensitization so that you can judge others. It's so that you're aware. Like, Holy Spirit, I've hurt you, and I don't want to do that. Now, Paul takes them back to earlier teaching. So basically, he says, I say no longer live like this, but instead, verse 20, that isn't what you learned about Christ, that old way of living. He says, since you uh, heard about Jesus, you had that knowledge, you've learned the knowledge of truth that comes from him. Here's what he says, throw off your old sinful nature. Now, check this. He's not saying you earn your salvation. Salvation is a gift through faith. But what he's saying is, you get Jesus on the inside, now it's time to let him come out. How do you do that? Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. What do you do instead? Instead, let the spirit that's been placed inside you as a free gift, as a seal, let him renew your thoughts and attitudes, the way that you think and the way that you process feelings, the vibes that you put off. Put on your new nature created uh, to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And so the Holy Spirit brings new life to the soul. Now we have to go, God, I want to let you into every area. And when you show me something that needs to move out, I'm going to let you work in it. And so he says, you're both your, the spirit renews your thoughts and attitudes. Now here's what I love. It didn't say eliminate your thoughts and attitudes, eliminate your old way of thinking, eliminate your brain, eliminate your feelings. He said, I want to ask this Holy Spirit to renew them, to make them like God designed you to be uh, originally. And so here's what it looks like. He gives an example here 
of what it actually looks like. He goes, stop telling lies. Now, when I read this, I want to think, he's probably thinking of like, you know, I don't know. He's thinking of Rob, you know, out there. No offense, Rob. He's thinking of Rob over there in Ephesus. He's going, dadgum, Rob, stop telling lies, you know. But he didn't put the name in there because you know how people can talk to you but not talk to you. I think that's what's going on. Hey, stop telling lies, you know. He's feeling it going on. He says, let us tell our neighbors the truth for we're parts of the same body. Now, here's the second hint of an elephant that slips in. He says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. You could actually insert any emotion into this, by the way. Don't sin by letting any emotion, good, bad, ugly, that you feel. It's never meant to control you. We talked about this with Chris, who's probably in the camera room this morning, one of our elders. He was at the debrief when I preached this week, and he said, so is it wrong to let joy control you? And I'm like, well, that's sort of a trick church question, isn't it? Is it wrong? Well, here's the thing. But if you make joy your primary driver in your life instead of the Holy Spirit, What'll happen is you'll make an idol out of it and happiness will be your primary objective in life. So when you're sad or you feel depressed or you feel something else, you'll think you're in sin when actually God just may be communicating with you in a different way. And so joy is an amazing emotion. It's an amazing driver, but it always has to be checked by the spirit. So don't let any emotion control you don't let the sun go down on your anger. Uh, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives foothold to the devil. And we'll come back and talk about that in a minute. But here's the second emotional extreme that's broken. My emotions control me. So first, first emotional broken extreme, I feel nothing. The second one is my emotions control me. So kind of two sides of a coin there. Too many read this, by the way, and say, don't get angry. But that's not what it said. What did it say? Be angry and do not sin. It's okay to be angry, but don't let that anger control you. Did you know Jesus got angry? You can read where Jesus one time, actually two different times in scripture, he got so upset that the gathering worship place had been turned into a mockery instead of a place of prayer. He got so upset that he came in and turned over chairs and tables and made a whip and started driving things out. I would have loved to have seen that. Be like, whoa, you know, that was church right there. They had church that day. Nobody forgot that day in church. But Jesus got mad. Did you know Jesus got sad? And I'm going to tell you something very surprising. I had to look into this. But did you know that Jesus felt both fear and anxiety? You go, whoa, 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 whoa. We thought those were sins. No, the feelings are not sin. They are actually created by God in us. They can be good things, fear and anxiety. I mean, when you're scared, what do you do? Run, that's a good thing, right? Or you get ready to fight. Some of you are fight, fright, uh, freeze people. So I'm a fighter. Like if something scares me, you're gonna get punched. I don't mean it. I love you in Jesus' name, but it's how it is. Courtney's a freezer. She goes, ah, and expects something to happen and nothing happens. And so you kind of know what you are, but, but still, those, uh, those emotions, Jesus had all of those. When he went to the cross, the night before he went to the cross, you know what the Bible says? He prayed so intensely and he felt overwhelming. I would call it, whether it was a fear or anxiety, feeling. Not fear ruling him. Jesus not a fearful person. But he felt these emotions so much so that he sweated blood that night. He felt it. It wasn't a bad thing, but he didn't let it drive him. You know how we know? Because he didn't give up. He didn't get scared and bail out on the cross, but he 